Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today, and we have got a great show in store. But before we dive into today's conversation, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It would be so nice if life had a turn-by-turn directions app that could just tell us which direction to go when we're feeling a little lost or stuck emotionally, but that is just not the way it typically works, right? It's normal to feel stuck when things are overwhelming. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's changing careers or figuring out relationships or processing loss. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn helpful coping skills, which makes therapy pretty close to that life GPS we'd love to have sometimes, right? Well, my therapist has been a huge help to me in the times I've faced emotions or choices that I just didn't know what to do with. I think a therapist could help you in the same way. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it is affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire. Y'all know we love a quiz. And that is how you match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It could not be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P com slash that sounds fun. And if you didn't catch that whole URL, that's okay. Do not fret. We have got you. Always, always, always all the links to our sponsors, the transcript of the show, and our weekly email newsletter, the AFD Week in Review, the sign up for that. All those links are conveniently available in the show notes. Today on the show, I get to talk with my friend and one of my favorite pastors, Louis Giglio. If he sounds familiar, it's because he's been on the show before. He was on episode 142 and on episode 306. Be sure to go back and check those out. You will see the links as well in the show notes. He's the pastor of Passion City Church in Atlanta, the visionary behind the Passion Movement, and an amazing author. In fact, he has had two books come out this year. We talk about both of them. Louis out here helping us conquer the negative thoughts and feelings we deal with in his book, Winning the War on Worry, and his new devotional, At the Table with Jesus. He's here today to help us walk towards our Thanksgiving celebrations next week with grace and gratitude and I am so thankful for his voice to guide us. So here's my conversation with Louis Giglio. 
Louis Giglio, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. What a joy to have you back. I was, I got happy the moment I knew I was going to be on. I just, <laughs> something about it just brings me joy. Ah, uh, thank you. I feel the same way this morning when I was thinking about it. I thought, Annie, just don't cry. Just please, could you not cry when you're talking to Louie? So I don't know how it's going to go. I want to tell you earlier this month, for the first time, we had Andy Stanley on the show. Oh, my word. Come on. Right. Will you talk a little bit? I don't know how much of our friends outside of Atlanta or outside of y'all's you know sphere know y'all's history. And I think it is so interesting when people have been in ministry because they've done life together so long. Will you talk a little bit about y'all? Yeah, let me tell a really quick story and then I'll back up. Yeah. Um, we, Shelly and I were in London in the summer and we were there with another couple on our team and we had a busy weekend, but I'd found out at a wedding a few weeks before uh, from another friend that Andy was going to be in London. So I texted him and said, hey, I heard you're going to London this week. And he said, no, I'm actually going next week. And I'm like, wow, that's when we're going. We're going to be in London for the weekend. He goes, we, I have a thing on Tuesday outside of the city somewhere Sandra and I will be in London uh, Friday to Monday. We have no plans. I said, great, we'll connect. Well, we get there and our schedule is all over the map yeah. and we're plans are changing. Da, 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 da. And so now it's the weekend is over and we've not seen Andy and Sandra and I feel terrible. And I'm trying to figure out how do I formulate that text? You know, the one that's like, hey, we were in the same city for a weekend. Yeah. But we didn't get together text. <laughs> Um, Brad is over here hustling to get us on a train to Oxford, and we've got a couple hours to kill. Then we got a meeting about an hour away, so he's working on train schedules. And finally, he lands on the one. We jump in the cab. We hustle off to the train station. We get on the train. As it's pulling out of the station, literally, we're walking up the aisle of all the cars. Uh-huh. And on these trains, it's four seats on one side around a table and two on the other side with a table in the middle. We finally get to our, you know, our, our car. We think we're walking up the aisle, look up and there's Andy and Sandra Stanley <laughs> sitting by the window. Oh my and gosh. I'm like, no way you're on the same train we're on. And yeah. they're like, where, where are you, where are your seats? We're like, I don't know. And so finally Brad catches up and goes, Hey, those are your seats right there. No. Brad had booked us at the four top table with Andy and Sandra oh on the train gosh. to Oxford. And they said, yeah, we're going wherever, but we got two hours to kill in Oxford. So we had the most amazing Two hours together, time yeah. hour on the train. We did Addison's Walk, yeah, uh, where J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis used to walk at Magdalen College, and it was just like the Lord made it all. How? What are the odds? Yeah, what are the? Odds? I mean, that so had incredible. to feel like such a moment for the two of y'all to do that walk that those two friends did. Well, that was really cool. I mean, I Shelly and Sandra were walking behind us taking pictures and yeah. you know, it kind of felt a little bit nostalgic in a way. I was in middle school at First Baptist Church Atlanta, Georgia. That's the church I was born into. Back in the day, you were born on Thursday, you went to the nursery on Sunday. Yeah. I and mean, that's how life worked in the old days. And about middle school, a guy came to be the associate pastor at our church, Charles Stanley. This man was mm. preaching fire. Yeah. He was preaching the word of God. It was shaking things up. Church was giant. 3,000 people every yeah. Sunday packed out, but not really rocking for the Lord necessarily. And everybody was happy and comfortable. 19, you know, I don't know, whatever year that was, 60 something, uh, maybe early 70s. And the church started rumbling because of this, this Bible preaching man. And eventually the church kind of blew apart, split up. It was very, very tragic. And um, that pastor's kids, uh, he ended up becoming the pastor of the church, miraculously, really. And his kids were Andy and Becky Stanley. And 
Andy and I are the same age. And yeah. from that moment on, like, I don't know, 13 years old, 14 years old, we were best friends. And yeah. I grew up in their house going on vacation with them. And yeah, it was just an amazing, amazing run. We went to Georgia State and Atlanta. He ended up going to Dallas Seminary. I went to Southwestern in Fort Worth. And, you know, we've been in and out of each other's lives since. But every now and then we end up on a train to Oxford. And yeah, I think one of the things y'all model so beautifully for those of us that are coming up behind you in their 30s and 20s and me, 40, is some of these friendships that you forge a long time ago are the ones that actually keep you close to Christ through the whole thing. Yeah, we, you know, it's so funny, Annie, we <clears throat> were crazy uh, knuckleheads in high school. And uh, it's a miracle that God is using either one of us, really. But yeah. I, I, I respected Andy from even that point on. He's so gifted. Even then, you could tell this guy is extraordinarily gifted. And then, you know, we were in North Point for a good season of our lives. When we moved back yeah. to Atlanta before Passion City Church Days, we were at North Point on uh, every Sunday for maybe a yeah. decade or so. And I got to preach there a lot. And, you know, Andy and I could not be more different. We are wired differently. Our personality is different. The way we see the world is a little bit different. Our, yeah. you know, our emphasis in our ministry is a little bit different. But both, you know, love Jesus and want to serve him and have loved him and wanted to serve him as long as I can remember. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so fun to watch as a, as you know, this as a person who attended 722, the Bible study you led in 1998 and the early 2000s. I mean, it was, you know, it's just amazing to watch y'all both continue to be in ministry, to be loyal to Jesus when the world has not always been kind to either of y'all. So yeah, we've impressive. seen a lot when um, Andy's dad, I could talk about this for a long time, but when his dad became the pastor, <clears throat> our church split went from 3,000 people to 300 people. Oh my God. And it was one of the most brutal things. And here, here we are in middle school, or almost in middle school. Yeah. And, you know, church people, you know, now are all discovering that the church has flaws. You know, we got warts you know, around every right. corner. There's imperfect people. But, I mean, we saw it early on. I mean, like a guy walked up in a business meeting and slugged Andy's dad in <gasps> the jaw. I mean, nearly knocked him out. There was uh, all kind of crazy going on. And so they wouldn't let Andy and his sister into the business meetings because it was yeah. no telling what was going to happen. Right. So our church had a big wraparound balcony at downtown Atlanta. And so I would go up <clears throat> in the side door and I would get down on the floor because no one was in the balcony for the business meeting. I'd crawl yeah. around behind the wall and then I'd kind of pop my little head up, see what's going on. Then I would get down and crawl back out, go down to the pastor study fill Andy in on all the goings on that were <laughs> happening. And then I would go back up and the whole, you know, two hour business meeting, I'm kind of shuttling back and forth. Well, you're not going to believe what they just said. You're not going to believe what yeah. just happened. Yeah. But God used all that in an amazing way. And Annie, um, Dr. Stanley became the pastor and my family stayed. Thank yeah. God. My mom stayed. My dad really wasn't, didn't have any uh, dog in that fight, but my mom stayed. And I, through high school, sat there, and watched 300 people become in-touch ministries and yes. worldwide impact and right. just a move of God. And I, I learned right there everything I know about ministry. Preach the word, trust God, leave the results to him. Uh, as Dr. Stanley says, obey God, 
and leave the results to him. And I knew if I preach the word faithfully, if I love God and preach his word faithfully, whatever I do will grow. And people say, well, what happened to Choice Bible Study? We just preach the word. What happened at 722? We just preach the word. What happened in Passion? We're just preaching the word of God and pointing people to Jesus. And it's really as simple as that is. I have been in a conversation with a friend about one Bible verse that I wanted us to talk about. And because it is this, we're going to talk about Jesus, which is what you're known for. And my circle of friends is talking about Jesus. And so I love this verse. And so I wanted to read it to you and have you respond to it. This is 1 Corinthians 1 and it's 24. This is in the message version. But to us who are personally called by God himself, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's ultimate miracle and wisdom all wrapped up in one. Eugene Peterson, boy, he can right. <laughs> he can unpack something, can he? That's right. Oh, beautiful. What do you yeah. think? I mean, think about Jesus being the ultimate miracle and wisdom of God. Yeah, it's really hard to get our minds around when you when you think about it. The God is speaking through Jesus. So he is the word of God. And the beginning was the word and the beginning was Jesus. And what was God doing in the beginning? He was speaking. What was he speaking? The wisdom of God. Yeah. The word of God through the word of God. And we now have access to him. And I think that when it all gets clear and everything crystallizes, you realize that Jesus isn't just a a thing but he is the thing. Yes. And this, this is the difference. Um, I think for a lot of even people in church, Jesus is a thing. He is a real thing, a good thing, an awesome thing. We love this thing, Jesus. Savior, he's amazing. You know, healer, he's amazing. But I think there's a difference between loving Jesus as a thing and loving him as the thing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's just Jesus. It always yeah. was, it is, and it always will be. And how we got invited into the story is is another miracle. That's probably the yes. second greatest miracle is that yes. we're in the story with the greatest miracle. <laughs> and at the end of the day, we're going to be there with yeah. him in glory. Yeah. It says when he appears, this is Colossians, we will appear with him in glory. Wow. This is our future And I don't know, it's just going to be a mind-blowing eternity that is far greater than anyone has even imagined. And what a a privilege to spend our time today talking about Him and the four or five seconds we have on planet Earth to talk about Him. Right, right. The whole conversation started yesterday with my friend because we were talking about how at the start of that section, it says the cross is foolishness to the people who don't believe. Because mm-hmm. we were talking about how how Christians sometimes judge non-believer decisions on Christian scales. And then we go like, I can't believe they're doing that. And you're like, well, the cross is foolishness to them. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Right? Amen. So you spend so much time investing in the next generation. But we also watch them through TikTok and on TV and all the places be foolish at times. So so how do we bring them toward faith without judging them on a scale that is not their scale? Wow. <clears throat> I think that's a brilliant uh, way to put that. A, I think, you know, what business do we have judging people anyway? Right. I mean, God is the ultimate <laughs> judge. And I think if right. we mind our own business and try to live a quiet life that honors him, we do well. 
and I'll let God uh, judge all the other people and, you know, kind of help them sort out and straighten out their situation. But, you know, all these kids on TikTok, um, all these kids on TikTok, that sounded just like something an old person would say. (laughs) You know, they learned most of their foolishness from us. That's kind of where they learned to be foolish. And so I think that looking down on emerging generations is really, you know, not a very self-aware yeah. approach to to them. I, I I'd just like to offer an alternative. <laughs> That's probably yeah. better than a critique is an alternative. And that is to show people that Jesus really is satisfying and that he is he's more than enough for yeah. everything that we're craving in life right now. And I think honestly, and I don't know, I don't know a lot about the emerging generation, but I think they want to be distracted from some of the pain and hurt that they're dealing with. And TikTok is perfect. It's a, it's a perfect distraction. And I mean, I can, I don't, I'm not on TikTok, but I can get lost in reels on Instagram and all of a sudden an hour went by and I'd been watching some guy, you know, fish or, you know, watching a dog dance or, you know. Yeah. I watch an Australian guy cooking every day. I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I think we all kind of need a diversion. And coming out of 2020 and 21, we people want a diversion. Yeah. And so the TikTok came along just at the right time. But I think the downside of TikTok is it's namesake. And I think that people are TikToking their life away. Yeah. Um, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. And all of a sudden, an opportunity has gone, a day has gone, a chance to walk with God is gone. Maybe a week went by. Just yes. one tick tock at a time. And so we've got to be careful or else I think we're going to get tick tock to death. Yes. I think, I mean, I had to quit it because I had no self-control and, and I'm 40. And so I'm going, man, the 18 year olds who don't go, oh, if I don't have self-control, I need to leave. I mean, I, I can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine yeah, being faced about, with some I'm of this. I'm not on TikTok because, you know, you, you really, it takes self-control, but there is no other control and you don't know what the next mm. thing is going to be. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's there and you yes. know, you're like, okay, yeah, I don't want that, but you don't right. really get to pick and choose. And that's, the, that's my struggle right now. I used yeah. to like Instagram because I got to choose what my feed was yes. and I got to see things in chronological order. And I kind of got to follow along with the few people that I, you know, wanted to yeah. know what's going on with. And now it's just, okay, because you liked Tim Tebow's post, here's, nine other things that we think you might like. And (laughs) and now I'm watching the guy cooking in Australia. That's right. That's exactly right. But one of the things you've modeled so beautifully for me is that we can't be stuck in what we have experienced as a generation and not look down, not look down in a bad way, but not look down to the next generation and go, okay, what can I do to be with you? I mean, that's what passion's always done, right? That's what the conference says. That's what your books are doing is saying, okay, next generation, come with us and we'll meet you where you are, but come with us toward Jesus. Yeah. The future is not, you know, with my generation, that's for sure. Uh, You're in the midst of it and you're coming into your prime, you know, 40 um, 50, those are the best years of life. 60, you know, yeah. these are, these are the years that you're preparing for your whole life. So you're yeah. like in a zone. I'm 65 years old in a few months and I'm not the future of anything. Mm. And so I want to invest in the future and yeah. the future is, you know, is the, 
new generation and yeah. they're amazing. I don't when I say they are amazing. I, they're all individuals and they're all different and they're all unique, but they have such great gifts and aptitude and ability, especially this new crew that's coming along. That's like yeah. 16, 17, 18 right now. They're, they're yeah. world changers yeah. and they are going to do some phenomenal things. And yeah. if I can invest in that and have a stake in that, that would be a really great thing to do with the last chapters that I get in my life. I'm really excited about Passion 2023. It's sold out everywhere, right? Like everybody who's getting in is getting in already, right? It's done. Yeah, we had a dilemma. You know, we um, the Benz is stadiums are only available in certain rhythms and time, and yep. we didn't have an option of a stadium this year. And so we're in Fort Worth in a, I don't know, 12,000 seat configuration. We're in Atlanta in about 17,000 seats. And that sounds great, except that there were 55,000 people yes. there last year. So yes. we knew going in, it was going to be a, a, a rough ride. And Atlanta sold out a week or so ago. Then Dallas sold out pretty quick after. And yeah. people were like, well, why don't you add a third one or add a whatever? And it's like, it's a diminishing return at some point, and it's really not feasible financially to do <laughs> yeah, two that's of them. Yeah, for your people. Yeah. And then you start adding a third one, that's yeah. millions of dollars. And so yeah. it's kind of frustrating, and I know people are a little bit not thrilled right now, given that they're both sold out. But here's the thing. What I've learned is if you want to get into passion, you can get in. If you really want to be in one of those spaces, you ask God, and I mm. promise you, he will make a way and open a door. Yeah. Um, tickets will be available right up to the last second. Somebody's yeah. trip got canceled. They decided their family was going to go skiing. You yeah. know, the college pastor at the church just left, and the eight of us now don't have anybody to go. And I mean, yeah. it, it's possible. Don't lose yeah. hope if you want to get in. It's going to be amazing. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, Indeed. You know, there's a fantastic person out there who will improve your business life. The trick is finding them, right? For a hiring partner that helps you reach new heights, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours you don't have to spare on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all in one place with Indeed. Find top talent fast, like the moment you post a job in a lot of cases, with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match and assessments and virtual interviews. I mean, y'all, Indeed makes things so quick and easy with their virtual interview tool. You can message and schedule and interview top talent all in one place. There are no extra downloads or apps to install. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. Amen and amen. That's why when you sponsor job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in their database matching your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash sounds fun to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And I want to tell you about another one of our incredible partners, ZocDoc. There are plenty of things in life that are hard, right? Finding a doctor does not have to be one of them. With ZocDoc, booking an appointment with a doctor that suits your needs, fits your schedule, and is in your network and in your neighborhood is easy. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. They've got every specialist from head to toe, whether you're dealing with headaches or plantar fasciitis or anything else. ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as getting pizza delivered. 
They just search, find, and book an appointment with a few easy taps and read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. Now, when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who you can trust. Go to ZocDoc.com and find the doctor that is right for you and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people, including me, use ZocDoc. It is my go-to whenever I need to find and book a quality doctor. So go to ZocDoc.com slash that sounds fun and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com slash that sounds fun. ZocDoc.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Louie. Well, I'll tell you, in Atlanta, you're having one of our all-time favorites, Jonathan Pecluda. I mean, one of my favorite dudes. I cannot wait for everybody to get to hear him. Hey, I just met him on Sunday. He preached at Passion City Church Sunday at the 5. And uh, first time I've met him, I really liked him. Yeah, And I told him, Jonathan is the only person, Annie, that I've ever invited to Passion that I had not met. Wow. Wow. So he comes highly recommended and people around me love him. And I love the way he talks to this generation. And man, he shared his story. I didn't know a lot of his life story. And man, his opening five minutes on the talk, he was giving us a snapshot of his life. And I was like, whoa, now I know why God's using this guy so powerfully. But he was amazing. His talk just got put up on our YouTube and he was talking about why the resurrection is so important. And man, it was incredible. I'm excited. He's going to be a passion. We did a 12-city tour together in 2020, right before everything shut down. And I, the highest compliment I can give, I can give him two of the highest compliments. One, I listened to his talk all 12 nights. (laughs) I did not miss (laughs) this. And it was the same thing-ish. But I listened every time. And the thing I think you're also going to see about him, Louie, he served everyone. He checked in on the people doing catering. He He's very tall. He slept in a very small bunk on a bus and never <laughs> complained. I mean, he is a he's a servant first. And I don't know a lot of those. I'm not. Well, and so you know, I'm I so glad like you him. said that because, and I'll just, I just be honest. I, <clears throat> you know, I was nervous about meeting him yeah. because if he, if he wasn't like that, then it was going to be really uh, tricky. Yeah. And I didn't know what he was going to be like. And so the first like two minutes, I was really anxious about it. Not in a bad way, but just like, okay, I'm about to meet this guy. And I really, really hope that he is humble. And I really hope that he comes in low, not fake low, but real low. And you know, instantly whether people are fake low or real low. And I want him to be normal and I want him to notice people and I want him to thank people and I want him to be grateful and I want him to respect our team. And he was saying all that same stuff about us because people say that about our team. We have the best team. Somebody's around. uh, One of our bands was on tour with KB just for the last few weeks. And when I went to the Atlanta night, everyone on their tour said, your guys are the greatest people we've ever been around. And I'm like, well, they better be. Because they're not going to be our guys if they're not. That's right. You know? That's right. And he said to me, Jonathan did. He said, "Man, your team, your artists, blah blah blah. Everybody's so great, and they're everybody's so humble and so real." And I was like, "Well, man, that's shouldn't that be the way we all are?" But yeah. I came uh, away from meeting Jonathan, and I don't want to pump him up too much. But <laughs> when I came away, I was like, "Hey, I love this style." 
He yeah. has a very unique timing in his delivery, unlike anyone. And I could not yeah. put my finger on. There's two things in there that I was trying to figure out, and I haven't figured them out yet. But his timing is just refreshing in the most incredible way. His content was great. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. he loves the Bible, and he loves God, loves God of the Bible. His timing is really cool, and he's a little quirky, and I like that. Yeah. And um, it all just works. Yeah. He's awesome. I'm so excited. I mean, I'm, you know me, I'm such a fan of passion and the way y'all, it's like every year we get to gather together and then just have like an internal bomb go off in our lives that goes for the whole year of like, Mm. this is what I heard God say. And this is what I I experienced. It's why we need to gather. It's why it matters that our faith is like that is whether it's Sundays or once a year, we need those now go and do, now go and do, now go and do. And I, that's how I left Passion last year is feeling very inspired to go and do. So I'm really excited about it. Let's talk about At the Table with Jesus and Winning the War on Worry, your two books that everybody is getting this Christmas. Because in the same vein of us talking about JP, I mean, the, you two men are two men in my life who've like modeled Jesus first. So mm-hmm. tell me what what was it about sitting down and going, okay, here's 66 days at the table with Jesus? Well, two things. Uh, love to just, you know, thank some people because these two resources really are, um, as Levi Leska was saying to me the other day, he goes, you've got a whole suite of books around worry. Yeah. And um, he goes, no, not a suite, a fleet a of fleet. books. And I said, that's well, right. that's because I have an amazing team. And I was doing an interview, Annie, with Caroline Leaf, Dr. Caroline yeah. Leaf, when Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table came out. And she was explaining to me that the misnomer that I had my whole life, that you can create a new habit in 30 days, in a month, you can create a new habit. She said, actually, it's 66 days. And she said, this is kind of scientifically proven that wow. in 66 days, you can create a new neural pathway in your brain. I said that as if I was an expert, but I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know what a neural pathway was until that conversation. Yeah. And she said it's like walking through a field. You know, if you just walk across the pasture once, you can kind of see where your footprints were in the grass. If you do it every day for a few months, there'll be a little path get worn. If you drive a tractor on it, it'll really turn into like a two-lane road. And yeah. if you stay with it, you know, you're gonna see the fruit of that path in that routine and that consistency. She said, your brain is like that. If you think a negative thought consistently for 66 days, you build a road in your brain that that negative thought now can go 60 miles an hour on, not just six miles an hour. Wow! But she said, Louis, the opposite is also true. If you consistently for 66 days, think a positive thought, then you also can create a roadway in your brain. And so that's why we landed on this table, 66 days to uh, draw closer to Christ, to fortify your faith. And so we were really wanting just to every single day for 66 days to look at an aspect of Jesus and to think about him saying, I'm not going to give the enemy a seat at my table is not the answer. I know that's the title of the book, but that's not the answer. The answer is actually sitting down at the table with yes, Jesus, yes, not not sitting good. down at the table with the enemy. Right. And so I, I loved it. I just actually did it for the second time with one of my guys that I do my soaps with. Yeah. And it was so great just doing it uh, again. 
I loved watching you do it the first time where every day you were putting up a sticky note on the wall of one thing you learned about Jesus that day. I thought, oh, that is how I'm going to do this. That is Because to me, this is putting it in front of my eyes is what makes the road for me and yeah. seeing it. Yeah, I I loved that too. It was really refreshing for me. And, um, you know, I was traveling around a lot at that time. So I've got sticky notes everywhere and coming <laughs> home and you know, trying to get them all up on the wall. And then they're all yeah. falling off the wall. We had to get some extra heavy duty stick them to keep them up there for yeah. 66 days is a long time. But it was really refreshing. And you know what, what it is, honestly, Annie, too, is it's a Christology, this book is. It's not just yeah. a feel good a moment with Jesus every day. It really is teaching people the theology of who Jesus is, what we call yes. Christology. Yes. And um, I think doing it with some friends along the way a couple different times, people were like, I knew Jesus was born in Bethlehem. I knew he died on a cross for my sins. I know he was raised from the dead on the third day, but yeah. man, I didn't know there was so much more to know about Jesus that I yes. didn't know about him. Yes. So it's been really a, a really great journey. And I, I mean, this may, these may not correlate at all. So say, Annie, you're wrong. But I mean, is there something too that there's 66 books in our Protestant Bible and it takes 66 <laughs> days? Am I right? And there's 66 books in our Protestant Bible? There are 66 books in the Bible. Did God that's do correct. that on purpose? <laughs> or did Martin Luther do that on purpose? <laughs> I guess that's who I need well, to ask. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Just read one book a day for 66 days. That would just be so read powerful. Psalms in a day. You'll be able to yeah. read Can you imagine? Work. So, I mean, for our friends listening, we, you know, we've done read the Gospels around here where we read the Gospels in a month, where you read three books, three chapters a day, and you get through the whole Gospels, all four of them in a month. And so we've, we've got some fun stuff with that coming up. But why is it Jesus, Louie? Like for those of our friends who are new to doing this, they're jumping in with Advent with us for the first time. They're maybe new to studying. Why don't we start in the Old Testament? Why is it okay to start in the middle of the book per se and, and go for Jesus first? Well, you know, I think that's a great question. And it doesn't really matter where you start. Honestly, it's Jesus. And ah. I think there's this misnomer that, oh, the Old Testament, that's all, you know, that. And then there's the Gospels, that's all about Jesus. And then there's this other part that's kind of all about how we do life and do church now. The after Jesus. And, you know, we worked, our team worked on the Jesus Bible. We've been asked to do Bibles yeah. for a while, you know, the worship Bible, the passion Bible, this Bible. And we're like, why would we want to do a Bible? The Bible's the word of God. And then finally, someone pitched this idea. What about the Jesus Bible? And I was like, done. We are doing done. the Jesus Bible. <laughs> yeah. And you the said reason the magic we word. did it was because <laughs> it gave us the opportunity to show how in every bit of the whole yes. Bible, all of Scripture, I prefer to call it Scripture because the Bible doesn't call itself the Bible, but mm. in all of Scripture, it's about Jesus. The whole story is about Jesus from beginning to end. And so it doesn't matter where you start, it's still going to be about Jesus. And yeah. uh, But why not fast forward to the part where Jesus is actually <laughs> on earth yeah. in yeah. a human body saying to us, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if you look into the face of Christ and into the life of Christ, you are looking at Almighty God. You are hearing Almighty God. You, are, you see a visible representation of Yahweh. And Jesus is not just another smart guy. He's not just another yeah. crusader, another campaigner, another nonprofit ministry leader. He's not just another cause carrier. He is the image of the invisible God. And so why not 
get our eyes locked on him and our hearts locked on him and stay locked on him Mm -hmm. for the rest of our lives. It's one of the reasons I love you and Andy having these books come out around the same time, his not in it to win it. And this at the table with Jesus of going like, what if to live in the culture we live in, what if we just read about Jesus every day and then went out and lived? I think that, I mean, I think that's who I want to be, Louie. I want to, I want Jesus to tell me what to do in the morning and then me to live that for the rest of the day. Yeah, we've been doing a series here, Andy, called Shift. The F is real important in that series title, yeah. by the way. <laughs> and we've been talking about prayer. Uh-huh. And I didn't really know this, but I was doing a kind of a deep dive into the original language. And the word when Jesus said, and when you pray, that word that he used for prayer it really means to exchange wills. So it's me getting in a zone where I'm saying, not my will, but your will. This is what Jesus did when he prayed using that same word, not my will, but your will be done. And so when I pray, I am saying to God, I want to be on your page. And it's what you're saying. You know, we've spent so much of our lives uh, trying to get God on our page. Lord, I, here's how I need you to enter into my story to, you know, affect things in the way that I think they need to be affected. Prayer is really about me hearing from God so that I can get on God's page. Jesus said he did what he saw the Father doing, yeah. and he spoke the things that he saw with his Father. So he was alone with God, understanding what his Father's doing, so then he would go and do what he understood his father was doing. And that's what the way I want to live as well. I want to wake up in the morning and I want to say I'm available uh, to you versus I need you to be available to me today. Yeah, (laughs) I want to be available to you today. And whatever you want, whatever you need, I'm available. Yeah. I think this is one of the reasons I love the idea of At the Table with Jesus being one of the books we like put in stockings and like pass out to start in the new year is just going like, hey, spend the first two months of the year reading three pages about Jesus and learning something new about him or hearing it in a new way. He, The thing I have learned, Louis, correct me if I'm wrong, as always. That's just an overarching statement about our friendship. Always correct me if I'm wrong. I, I can't get to the bottom of Jesus. Like, I, there's, I don't run out of learning. Every book I read, I learn something new. Well, that's the beauty of being in a relationship, I think. And if it were just information, we would uh, turn the last page of the book and we would go, wow, that's great. That was a very amazing read and I learned a lot. But Jesus isn't a book to be read. He's not a theology to be studied. He's a person to be enjoyed. And he's not just a person to be enjoyed, but he's he's infinite in every way and on every level. He's the supreme version of everything that is good. And so what's uh you know there's no depth to him in his love. Even I, I, we talk about the love of God, but it's deeper, wider, higher, longer mm-hmm. than we know. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be an eternity so that we can understand truly how much we are loved by God specifically through Christ. Yeah. So I think when you're in a relationship, Shelly and I've been married 30 something years now, should have been able to pull that out faster, 36 years. <laughs> But there's never been a day where I'm like, okay, I get it all. Right. Sorted. I know everything. Yeah. Every day there's some new something to be appreciated and to be enjoyed, to be discovered. 
So what what God's inviting us into, Annie, what we're saying to everyone listening today is not into a, a head thing. God wants us to engage our brains. He gave them to us so that we could know him. Yes. But he's inviting us into a relationship, mm-hmm. an evolving, living <laughs> yeah. relationship. And this is what we're made for. And this is why our hearts are so hungry and why we're starved for for things is because we were made for someone as big as Jesus. Yeah. When we're thinking into next year and thinking about what's coming culturally with elections and just what's going on in the world, for all of our friends who are newer to Jesus, why is starting a day with him matched with what's going on culturally? Like, even if you don't believe in him, how can you learn from Jesus? Well, I think the thing I learned from Jesus the most is that he he float he doesn't float above. That sounds a little bit too uh, frou frou, but he he operates above the culture. Yeah, and this is what good, we all need right now. Jesus doesn't get he's not Im- impervious to cultural pressures, but he he doesn't get bogged down in them because his agenda is bigger. Yes. And he's actually, in more ways than we would know, using all the craziness in the culture to accomplish things that we don't fully understand. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I remember that text in the Old Testament where it says, and Cyrus came like a bird out of the east. And wow. why? Because he's going to take down Babylon. Well, who is Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar? And that whole empire was coming down so that the people of God could be returned back to the land of God. So God's like moving uh, I don't know if I can say this or not, like Putin-sized pieces. Sure. And just as we, if we were playing backgammon with a friend, he's like, okay, time to move you over here. Time to move you over here because I'm accomplishing something that is so far right. beyond what any of you see right now. Yeah. That's the way we need to start our day. And when you are walking with the king of kings, the premier of premiers, the president of presidents, the ruler of rulers, the Ayatollah of Ayatollahs, and you're walking with him, it, it lifts you up, Annie, to, to be above it, not to be disconnected from the, the there are real issues going on right now. I mean, I just voted in the early voting here. There are some crazy challenging issues in Atlanta, yeah. Georgia, and I want to get behind candidates who are sane and who have common sense and who have integrity and a desire for righteousness. I want to get behind people like that. And so I don't want to just, you know, kind of like, Ooh, I'm not involved in that. But at the same time, I want to start my day above the fray, if you will. Yeah. It's, I mean, that is a perfect way for us to walk. And I don't know if you can say, by the way, Jesus is the Ayatollah of Ayatollah. So, (laughs) you know, we might need to just make sure everybody understands what we're saying there. He's yes. Greater than any ruler of any kind in all of history, he is the king of all kings. Hey friends, just taking a quick break from this conversation to tell you about another one of our amazing partners, Thrive Cosmetics. It's the season for giving, so why not give gifts that give back? Thrive Cosmetic makes high-performance beauty and skincare products made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. They don't have any parabens, sulfates, or phthalates, and all of their products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. You already know how I feel about Thrive Cosmetics Liquid Lash Extension Mascara. My makeup bag will never be without it again. It works so much better than any mascara I've used, and it washes off so easily and completely. It's like magic. I literally gave 
gave it at a favorite things party this year, and everyone has been raving about it. Brilliant Eye Brightener is a cream to powder highlighter stick that brightens and opens your eyes, y'all. I love it. It's like an instant eye lift. You simply apply it to the inner corner of your eyes to look like you've had plenty of restful sleep, even if maybe you have jet lag like me. It's blendable and buildable, so you can use it as an eyeshadow for a perfect daytime glow or use the metallic shades, yes, for an easy smoky eye. Thrive's Sheer Strength Hydrating Lip Tint is incredible, giving your lips deep hydration with a hint of color that glides on smoothly for even color and all-day wear. The lightweight, non-sticky formula comes in six different universally flattering shades, so there's one that's calling your name or the name of the stocking you're stuffing. And y'all, for every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates to one of their over 300 giving partners across the country that supports all kinds of amazing causes because they feel the same way we do about wanting to help communities thrive any way we can. Cause is in their name for a reason. Celebrate this season of giving and try Thrive Cosmetics today. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash TSF. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash TSF for 15% off your first order. And I want to tell you about one last incredible partner, Pros. Most of you have probably heard me sing the praise of Pros, the world's most personalized hair care. And for those that haven't, please listen. I have to tell you about the incredible results I'm seeing since using my customized Pros products. My hair is stronger and more manageable since I've been using my Pros shampoo and conditioner. I love knowing that the formula is uniquely targeted to the issues I wanted to address, and it smells so good. Pros knows there is more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. You know we love a quiz. I just answered questions about where I live, what issues I was dealing with, characteristics of my hair and eating habits. I mean, y'all, they analyze over 85 personal factors to determine a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. Pros also has a review and refine feature, and it lets me tweak my formulas for any reasons, like a change of address or hair color or diet. I've made a couple of adjustments to improve the volume of my hair, and I think it is so cool that you can do that. And as a carbon-neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon-neutral. If you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take their products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. So go to pros.com slash that sounds fun. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash that sounds fun for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. And now back to finish up our conversation with Louie. I, I, we've all said King of Kings since we were singing Christmas songs as children. And it has only been in the last three or four three years or something where I've been like, what does it mean that he is the king of all of them? Like every king that's ever been like, even if we, I think that's one of the most fun parts about faith is if you will slow down. It's why I've spent two days in that first Corinthians verse is if we will just slow down and go, look at those words. Because mm-hmm. even in that one that we read about, like what Jesus said or what Paul said is the cross is foolishness to the non-believers, but it is, it is power to us, not wisdom. So why, right? Like why? So even digging those little things. So when you say king of kings, I'm like, right, over every king ever, he's the king. Mm-hmm. And and for so many people who are just covered in anxiety and worry and fear, 
that is hopeful. That is like a a a drop of hope that comes into it. And and your devotion you wrote, winning the war on worry. Will you talk a little bit about that? Because that's I mean, this is able to just go in our backpacks and be that bit of hope that we need. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I've been talking about this book for the last few weeks since it came out, and it really is a a pocketbook. I mean, I'm holding it right now. It would yeah. fit in your purse, fit in your back pocket, depending on yep. how big your jeans are. And uh, <laughs> it just it's it's practical freedom. And I I wrote it as a weekly uh, daily devotion, but then we put it all together into a book so that people could have a practical handbook to fight against worry. And I wrote it, Annie, because I come from worry. Um, My parents, if they gave out Olympic medals for worrying, we'd have some on the wall at our house. Mm -hmm. And I came from an environment of worry. I I talked about it in the book once when I was in late high school, maybe somewhere around senior year. Um, was it came home, <clears throat> we'd all had dinner and I was going to, we lived in an apartment complex. And I was just going to go out the back door and around to a few buildings around to where my friend Ray lived. And I don't know, we were just going to hang around, do whatever, you know, high school kids do. Walk through the den and my dad was sitting on the sofa. My dad, I know, knew had been to the orthodontist that day and had a major like ordeal. I think he was in the process of getting dentures. And wow. I didn't really ask a lot of questions because, you know, high school kids didn't ask their parents a lot of questions about stuff like right. that. And so I knew it was not a great day, probably. Come through the den. I say, Dad, I'm going to Ray's house. I'll be back in a little bit. And he goes, I would just prefer if everyone stayed in the house tonight. No, no, no. Let me back up. He goes, today has been the worst day of my life. And I would prefer that everyone just stayed in the house tonight. Wow. And you know, when you're a teenager, your your response mechanism is sarcasm and, you know, argument. And I mean, I just, I got it. I was like, got it. Turned around, went back to my room, shut the door, went to bed, didn't bring it up the next day. But yeah. it dawned on me that my dad that day had had this horrible thing happen to him where now he's going to have dentures. But what it, what dawned on me, Annie, is that every time I'd walked out the door, my dad had worried himself sick wow. about me. Wow. And this day he just couldn't add that yeah, to what fit. he was already dealing with. Yeah. And, and for good reason, my dad worried like that. My dad was passed around to different relatives when he was two years old, three years old, five years old, six years old. And he never kind of knew what was around the corner. Yeah. But that's the environment I came out of. And so I have a tendency to be like that. And I wanted to be free from that. And so I had to start by admitting that I'm a worrier. But then we start the book with this pretty radical idea that worry is a choice. So I may be born into worry, and I was born into giglio level worry, but I've also been born again. And I don't mean to make light of this or, you know, make it sound like a spiritual slogan, but I've been born again. And my father, my heavenly father, has never worried one time in his existence. Not one time has he ever worried. And he's my dad. And I am born to him and I actually have his spiritual genes in me. So the book is a practical guide to helping us get on that page and to get off the page of worry. Why is, why is anxiety feel more prevalent than it was five years ago or 10 years ago? Is it, is it not? Do we just have more, do we talk about it more? Do we have new words for it? 
Well, I mean, everyone has heard the saying that there are 365 references in the Bible to don't fear. Yeah. Um, And those are all couched around, don't worry, don't be anxious, don't be afraid. So apparently being afraid and being anxious has been around for a long time. So it's not like a new occurrence because Jesus talked about worry. You know, don't worry about tomorrow. Today's got enough issues of its own. Yes. Um, Paul talked about worry. Cast all your cares, all your anxiety on him for he cares for you. So this is 2000 years ago. So worry is not new. Anxiety is not new. I think that the impetus of anxiety is obviously different in the last 10 years since we put smartphones in our hands. And there's no, that's not a knock on smartphones or iPads or whatever. It's just, you can't worry less if you are on a screen all day, because what the screen is doing, it's, it's lifeline is anxiety and it's not a calming device there. You don't pick it up. And the first headline is God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And then you swipe over and it says, never fear because God is near. Then you swipe up to the next thing. And it says, you're a loved son of almighty God. You're a loved daughter of a King of Kings. You're pursued and sought after and valued and prized by the God of all creation. And then you click on the next app and, you know, it's calming music. You know, it's not what it's designed to be. It's designed to be a hook and to keep hooking and hooking and hooking and hooking. So you come back over and over and over again and get that that hit that you need. And so, yes, I think the, the culture is creating more. The word anxiety in the Bible means to tear apart. And so, and even the word worry has that in it as well. So when someone says, I was worried to pieces, that's an accurate I meant it. Uh, yeah. unpacking of the wow. New Testament word. And so what is, uh, what is in our culture, a lot of ripping, a lot of tearing, a lot of fragmentation is in the culture. And that's why we've got to come back to the table with Jesus, who's not fragmented and mm. isn't coming apart at the seams. Yes. The highest integrity, right? He is connected in every way. Yeah, in every way. Okay, so let's finish with this. I just want you for a minute to tell me your favorite thing about Jesus. Wow. <clears throat> I think my favorite thing about Jesus is his compassion. And I say that just because of how much I have tested his compassion mm. in my life. I'm like you, we were talking about at the very beginning about judging people, you know, and holding them to a Christian standard, even though they don't understand the cross and the things of God. I think we all are judgmental. And when we are, we forget how patient God has been with us. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is, is God is sold short on is his patience. It is a fruit of the spirit. And we all need the spirit of God to to be more patient. But Think about how ridiculous it is, Annie, to be invited to walk next to Yahweh and to not do it. Right. Or to be invited to have the wisdom of God, but then to go and just do something stupid. Yeah. Because you decided you'd figure it out on your own. And when you do that, when I do that, I don't get... Fire and brimstone. Right. And right. I don't get blown off the planet. Mm-hmm. I get a father's arm on my shoulder going, hey, hey. And I get compassion. Yeah. 
the psalmist said it this way, he knows that we are frail and he remembers that we are dust. And I just, I don't know, I, I guess it's just maybe part of my life story, but I need compassion and patience. And I'm so grateful to Jesus that that's the way he operated. The only people he doesn't have a lot of compassion for are people who are puffed up with their own righteousness and trying to beat their chest about how great they are. And he just Mm -hmm. has no tolerance for that whatsoever. Everyone else in the story, he had compassion on them. Yeah. And I love it. Whenever I get prideful or get too big for my own britches, the first thing the Lord reminds me is like, you haven't missed one of your sins. You have perfect attendance. So (laughs) what are you doing? How do you, I mean, that is like, that is his first reminder of me of like, you've been with you every day. What do you, mm-hmm. you remember? And so when, whenever I start to feel haughty about anything, it, that's the, the kindness of God reminds me to be humble because I, I have not missed any of it, of my own life. <laughs> I haven't missed I his compassion it, uh, and I haven't missed my mistakes. Yeah. I love this scripture that says, you know, the kindness of God leads us to repentance. And it's really a a beautiful thing. And even going back to the Jonathan Pecluda thing, you know, people say, well, how, how can someone be in the spotlight and be on a platform and have a following and blah, 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 whatever all that stuff is and be humble. And, you know, the answer to that, that is a, the dumbest question to me. And I don't, Uh I guess I shouldn't have said that. I mean, that I just do not understand that question. Um, but hum- humility is not something, a character trait to be developed is the way I see it. And like, you don't mm-hmm. sit down one day and go, I'm going to become more humble. Right. I'm going to start working on my list of to-do list today. And one of the things is I'm going to be more humble. Be and here's humble. the four <laughs> things I'm going to do to be more humble. Right. It, it's not like that. It's not a character trait to be developed. Humility is the byproduct of being with Jesus. Hmm. And wow. no one is with Jesus and is proud. No one. Right. I think, I guess maybe, you know, Peter might've had a moment or two, but I still my favorite guy, still my favorite guy. (laughs) Peter after the breakfast by the sea of Galilee was bold, but I bet he wasn't proud. Yeah. And um, so draw near to God and you do take stock of yourself real fast. Yeah. And that I think produces a kind of, of of being low I know we're down to the end, but someone shared this verse last week, and I don't know why I hadn't seen it as much, but it was it's that verse at the end of Mount Carmel. And it says that Elijah, so he's called down the power of God, right? He's just done one of the showcase events in the history of Christianity yeah. and the church. And it says that he told Ahab to go, the wicked king, go and eat and drink. But Elijah went up to the top of the mountain, knelt down to the ground, and put his head between his knees. Mm. So he just done the greatest thing that any right. prophet is going to do. The next right. thing he does is he just disappears into the to the mountainside mm-hmm. and gets as low as he can. And I think it's that rhythm of life, Annie, of, okay, God did something great. Awesome. Let's don't post about it. Let's just go home. Let's don't be big. Let's just get small and let's just yeah. disappear into the mountainside and yes. be grateful that we were in the story of God. And I, yes. I think that that is the byproduct of walking with God. Yes. One of our pastors at Crosspoint, he quotes some old guy who's long gone, and I can't remember it now, but we'll put it in the show notes. And he says, preach the gospel and be forgotten. 
Mm. I'm like, oh, that's it, right? That's beautiful. it. That's beautiful. Okay, is there anything we didn't say that you want to say, Louie? No, I love that. And I, I think I, I do really feel like the Lord just landed on that in a way. And I let's just say it one different way. I think I've told you this story before, but Nikki Gumbel, major leader in the Anglican Church in England, yeah. does a big leadership event in Royal Albert Hall. So that's pretty cool. Right. Um, <laughs> and everyone on the planet but myself has spoken at this event. I mean, it is the <laughs> thing. And Matt Redmond told me a story that he was leading worship there. He had had a headache and had gone out around to the pharmacy to get uh, something for his headache, was walking back up the sidewalk. A big session had just ended. Nikki Gumbel had just interviewed the prime minister, the then exiting prime minister, Tony Blair of England. And he's coming uh, up the sidewalk and he sees Nikki come out and he stops. Nikki doesn't see him. Nikki gets his bike unlocked from the bike stand, puts a little rubber band around his pant leg, puts his helmet on out of his backpack, puts his backpack on, gets on his bike because he lives just around the corner from yeah. Royal Albert Hall, or he did until recently. And off he goes on his bicycle. Matt goes up the door, same door Nikki came out of, up to the green room. And there is every famous Christian mm. in the world in this green room. Yeah. And Nikki Gumbel's halfway home on his bike. And right. I have <laughs> With never a helmet on. <laughs> forgotten that story. Yeah. Um, do well. Get on your bike. Ride home. <laughs> Go home. Go home. That's it. Okay, Louie, the last question we always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what's sounding fun to you these days. Um, I knew you were going to ask me that, and I don't remember what I said last time, but today I thought what sounds most fun right now is to go for a walk on in the plaza in Florence. Okay. Sounds the most fun right now. Great and that's what answer. I want to do today. And I want to walk down to the, to the uh, church. The Domo there, you know, is yeah. one of the most... Uh, crazy architectural accomplishments in history. It's one of the largest domes ever, but it was built without flying buttresses. And wow. it's just remarkable. But if you go that way and then turn down uh, the road and, and go a little ways down, there's the little church of Santa Croce down there. And in it, it's not very big. It's a little tiny place, but in it are buried Galileo, Machiavelli, and Michelangelo. Oh, in this one gracious. little tiny little church. Yes. And, but there's a fresco on the wall there of the prodigal son returning to the father. And it's not the famous, the super famous one that everybody knows, um, but it is absolutely beautiful. And I think walking down there and seeing that fresco and then going and getting some pasta sounds really good. I was going to ask you if you're going to be holding gelato or pizza, pasta, <laughs> pasta will do. Louie, thanks for coming on again. Thanks for these works. Just write as many books about Jesus as you want. I'll read them all. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, what sounds most fun is coming on this podcast. Well, you are thank you. really one of my favorite people, and I know everyone that comes on tells you that. Thanks, but Louis. I just love your love for Jesus, and I just love how true and authentic you are. And I've been looking forward to this for a bit thank and you. enjoyed every second of it. And Look forward to the Advent journey you guys are going to be on this year as well. It looks super cool, and I couldn't be more excited about it. Thank you. You're great. Thank you. Thank you. 
Oh, you guys, don't you love him? I love Louie and Shelly Giglio so much. I'm so grateful. I mean, one of my favorite pastors for going on 25 years of my life, 30 years. Wowie zowie. Almost 30. The math is hard. At least 25. Be sure to pick up Winning the War with Worry and At the Table with Jesus. Be sure to follow his social media. Tell Louie thanks for being on the show. I hope you're all signed up to join us for our Advent series. It starts in 10 days. If you haven't had the chance yet, you can find all the info about this fun new series we're doing together at AnnieFDowns.com slash Advent. And if you're subscribed to the podcast, those daily episodes will just drop in your feed each weekday of Advent. I hope you really love them. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me? Ooh, I don't know. I can't believe I don't know. Have I ever said I don't know? Today, what sounds fun to me is putting up my Christmas tree. I'm going to do a little a little bit of Christmas decorating today. So that sounds fun. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday as we start preparing our hearts for Advent. We have two really special shows next week that'll get us kicking off for Advent. And it starts on Monday with our dear friend, Tish Oxenrider. We'll see y'all then.